this is Elizabeth here at um, the Small Business Community and we're here with another episode of our Small Business Stories and I'm delighted to say that on today's episode we have Sarah Knight from Mind the Gap Academy. So welcome Sarah and thank you so much for appearing on our show. Thank you so much for having me, it's really a, really a pleasure. So obviously I ask all our guests who come on, can you just tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do? Well, that's the easy part. So uh, my name's Sarah, as you said, and I run a training academy called Mind the Gap. And it was set up a couple of years ago now. I've got 25 years experience in marketing, in comms, in um, business growth, business strategy. And a couple of years ago, I realised that as I was doing more and more training for companies and individuals and businesses, that there was a real gap. And the gap was between how you help people thrive rather than just survive. And of course, this has become much more apparent um, uh, during the word we shall not say, um, you know, in the past 20 months. So effectively, I set up um, a a specialist academy that really looks at um, my specialism, which is developing and building human skills, which effectively is all about emotional intelligence. So it's about how we can actually build on who we are, build on what we've got, and actually ensure that we thrive in the business environment. And that's where it's come from. I work with small businesses. I work with micro businesses. I specialise working with female founders. I'm a mentor on the um, the recent Help to Grow government scheme, which oh, yeah. is helping um, accelerate businesses and move those forward. Um, and that's my niche because I understand it. I get it. I've been there. You know, I've run my own business for 20 years through a lot of decades of my life and you know I get the struggles yeah so you talked about that you've been in business a couple of years is that right so were you an employee beforehand no so I've had my own business for 20 years um it's 20 years um this year or maybe at the beginning of next year uh but my business has ebbed and flowed and evolved so when I started my own business um it was started um out of necessity rather than planning um oh, okay. I'm 26 weeks pregnant with my now nearly 20 year old right. and I was working for a rather large corporation who had floated on the stock exchange for millions and billions of pounds and then everything um went bump on the stock exchange and I had to make a rather large team in a marketing and affiliate marketing department uh, redundant and they were all mainly worried about the fact that I was walking around with this massive bump going oh that's brilliant not sure how I'm going to get a job now so I went back to my old contacts in PR and marketing and they all said to me um uh, come back when your bump's gone um so I was like oh well 26 weeks pregnant sort of need to earn a living I was the main breadwinner I've always been the main breadwinner in the house and so I set up my own business and so through the last 20 years it's ebbed from a PR and marketing solution through into contracting with businesses to help them set up their content their PR their marketing divisions through to training those people in PR marketing through to being a business growth advisor non-exec director that sort of thing and then through to the more training specialism which is what it is now right well I have to say you I obviously um I know obviously our listeners are listening via their iPhones on their headphones and stuff but obviously I can I can see Sarah and she does doesn't have to say I don't think you look old enough to have a 20 year old so um 
So because you were were being faced um, to make that choice into uh, being an entrepreneur, how did you feel about that? Like, was that a scary process or, or did you feel forced into it? So did that make you worry even more? Like, because it wasn't a choice maybe you might have made at that moment rather than taking some time to plan out maybe running a business, although you had that experience, like, with what you'd been doing. How did you feel about that? Gosh, do you know what? I think it came down to practical necessity. And it was a case of looking around and seeing what was available and realising that if I wanted to earn some money, I needed to go out and get the business. I went to the job centre and I'll never forget sitting in the job centre and saying to the woman behind the counter, I need a job. And she turned around and said, oh, love, well, you're pregnant. Why don't you just get some disability benefit until you've had the baby? And then you'll... And I was like, no. (laughs) That's not what I want to do. So there was a real practical need. And I think that comes with um, what that meant was I didn't overthink it, which I think is what we do a lot of as business owners. You know, we're like, should we start a business? How do we start a business? Do I need to get all this capital? What funding do I need? I didn't do any of that. I literally thought, blimey O'Reilly and a bit of Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the wee donkey. And here I go. And I rang all my mates who's got some business for me. And that's how it started. So it was a little bit of panic, a little bit of necessity, and then just cracking on, which is my mantra, really. I just crack on. So did it take you a long time then to get your sort of first client? No. And I think this is, I've been lucky. I've been really lucky. But I think the other thing that has really helped is networking and I'm not talking networking from a point of view of going in a room and sitting down with people I think one of the things when I was working back in a PR agency in 1995 probably one of the things that the boss said to me at the time and I was a very junior account exec and he turned around and said am I allowed to make a little swear word Um, (laughs) he said said, never shit on anyone on the way up because you can guarantee you'll meet them on the way back down which actually, you know, is common sense. You know, one of my, the things I say to the kids all the time is let's kill them with kindness, you know, let's just be nice, it's easier. And I had built up a network of people around me, friends, colleagues, champions, cheerleaders, and I rang them, you know, and I, you know, and as I was going around to my mates that were in agencies and saying, you know, is there any work going? They, you know, a couple of people said, yeah, here you go. Here's something. And it built from there. Right. And what happened was it started really small, you know, and, and I worked for, you know, my, I always have a walkaway price. My walkaway price was very low back then because yeah. I just needed as much money in as possible. Yeah. Um, so that was the 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 bit that worked for me was being able to pick up the phone and talk to people and say that all important question can you help me yeah and I suppose it must have been hard on you though as well because especially obviously you were pregnant at the time and obviously starting up a business is quite a full-on process so obviously when when you had your child did that I presume you must have been back at your desk pretty much straight away. You couldn't have had the maternity leave. So that must have been really hard for you. Gosh, yes, it was. It was, when I look back, I think that was bonkers, you know, (laughs) absolutely. How on earth did I do it? When I was, when Izzy was born and she was born three weeks early. Right. Well, actually just a little bit earlier than that. And hadn't even been to any antenatal classes or hadn't even you know hadn't even set foot in the hospital and then she decided to make an appearance early and we were like oh what what do we do 
hell then. And six weeks after she was born, I was running an event for the YMCA organization, the charity. And um, my mum was sat in the car uh, with Izzy and I was running this event, waited until my boobs were like exploding, (laughs) ran outside, fed her back in the event. And, you know, when my mum was just, I mean, I've been blessed in the fact that my mum has been one of my biggest supporters and has always helped me out um, and did through childcare and everything. But yeah, when I look back, I think, well, that was a bit mad, but it just happened, you know, and I just did it. I just got with it. Yeah. So now you've, um, obviously, you've been in business, as you say, 20 years. So uh, now you're running your business, probably like a normal business owner and don't have that all that beginning stress. What has been the biggest benefit to you by running your own business? Do you know, Elizabeth, I think I'd go back to the original point and talk about my network, you know, I, my challenge cheerleaders, as I call them in business, is that, you know, not just people that you can pick up the phone to and they'll go, yeah, that's brilliant. Well done. I'm talking about the people that will really positively challenge you and help you. Right. And, you know, there's been all through, you know, there's, there's been a, a roller coaster of 20 years, you know, as you know, you have some days you have brilliant days, some months you have mm-hmm. crap months and, and actually being able to pick up the phone and, and they're predominantly women in my case, but some some of my best mentors have been brilliant men as well and um and being able to actually pick up the phone and sense check you know have someone yeah. to bounce off because running your own business you know and mine's a mine's I've gone down the route of having sort of a mini agency and it didn't work for me but you know the actually it can be quite lonely sometimes so having yeah. someone to talk to to bounce off to to actually go well that's a really pants idea why would you do that you know or that's a brilliant idea that I think has been one of the biggest, most fantastic things that that's happened to me throughout my business life. Yeah, I think obviously it is talked about how it can be such a lonely journey for someone starting out on their business. And I know um, I would say, so I've been in business for the last five years and definitely it's been, been um, gaining momentum on maybe having a mentor or a coach in your business would you advocate that I know you're a mentor obviously you said you're a mentor yourself but would you advocate that as a what you should have in your business nowadays or would you suggest something else I think that there's a lots of different ways that you can evolve as a business owner I think there is, you know, we there's a lot of talk about non-exec directors and then you've got business coaches and then you've got your own personal development. And you sort of non-exec directors, I think, are, are top of the top of the top when you've got a business that is has accelerated in growth and it's growing and moving forward. And yes, they're brilliant to have and, uh, you know, can be an important part, but you're usually looking at specialisms there. So yeah. you, know, you want someone in finance or funding or marketing or whatever. For me, one of the biggest and best things that's come out of the past, I guess, five years has been the elevation of the business coach. I'm a bit sceptical in some cases because I think there's a few too many, um, and this is not meant to sound disrespectful, but I think there's a few too many 25-year-olds out there saying, hey, I'm a business coach. Um, And, you know, and that's not to say that they've not got the experience or the expertise, but I think that there needs to be a bedrock of, of real gritty lived experience to yeah. be a true business coach and I coach businesses and I am involved in lots of different workshops where I've gone in and done workshops and then at the beginning of this year I suddenly thought Do you know what I've not had a business coach and actually I'm going out preaching and 
is it the right thing? And, you know, is it, are the people out there doing it better than me? So I got myself a business coach and I have to say, it was one of the best things I did for my business. It really helped my focus. It was four sessions over three or four months um, with a like-minded soul. He was absolutely superb. His background was marketing and PR, but he really helped me um, narrow my focus and come up with my single truth and stay committed to it. And yeah. I think that's where you can get the benefit of a business coach. And then I think, because it's expensive, it can be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the level below that where you're starting to move forward is the personal development that you can do as a business owner on your own. So that personal development might be listening to podcasts like yours. It might be, you know, going into experts, getting the books, listening to the audio books. I do so much of that, which is brilliant. And I get some great ideas. And of course, then there's all the e-learning courses out there, which, you know, obviously, quick plug for myself, that's what I'm doing as well, yeah. because I know that not everyone can afford that. And I know that people want to tap into it. But ultimately, it's got to come down to the individual. They've got to want to do it. They've got to do the work and they've got to invest in themselves. And that's your starting point, I think. And knowing the knowledge that you got, because we have actually talked about this on previous podcasts about like using a business coach and things like that. And yeah, there is concern around people's experience that's been raised before, but also the cost. So obviously knowing what you knew, how did you go about choosing your business coach? I fell into meeting with him. So I was put in touch with him. I was working on a contract for another company and it was a training contract and I didn't have the specialism in accelerating this training program. And one of Someone else in my network turned around to me and said, you need to speak to Mickey. So I was like, right, brilliant. So Mickey and I got together and we pitched for this piece of business. And as a result of pitching for this piece of business, which we then didn't go for because it was ridiculous. But as a result of going for this piece of business, we started talking and I understood what he did a bit more. And then he started talking about coaching. And I went, will you coach me? You know, and that's how it started and that's how it finished. Yeah. And, you know, and we're still in touch. And I, I think that that is that you've got to have that connection. You've got, to, I was talking earlier to um, another colleague who has taken on a business coach and she's down the journey with this business coach and they're, they're not, she's not doing the job for her. And I think what happens then is we get into this sticky situation where it's like, you're not working for me, but I feel like I should still keep going. And, you know, we have to trust our instinct. We have to trust, you know, what we want out of that relationship. And finding your appropriate business coach, I think, is asking your network, who have you had? What have they worked? Why did you like them? So what would your advice be then as well? Because obviously, again, it can be quite a high expense to this. So like the example that you've just given about person you know, Obviously, they may have to give some like a lot of money up front. And I know a lot of coaches charge, for example, for a 12-week program, and it can be thousands of pounds. And if that relationship is breaking down, is there something someone can do at the beginning before they pay out that expense? Again, what would your advice be around that? Number one, I think there should always be a call, which is a getting to know you call, which is not paid for. I think that is absolutely important. You know, you don't if you're if you're in a in a piece of business and whether your end result is a product or a service, there is a, there's, you know, in marketing, we call touch points. There's so many touch points before somebody has a propensity to buy. And it's exactly the same when you're buying a service into your business. So there has to be, uh, you know, if anyone's saying to you, well, 
I need 800 quid before you actually come on board, then no, you know, you want to get yeah. to know the person, you want to have a call with them, you want to understand how they work, how they're going to charge. And then I think the other thing that's really important is, you know, I tend to work on a four sessions. Let's do four sessions, see how we're going, and then maybe go for another four sessions. So there's a break point. Yeah. Because yeah. I think 12 weeks is an awful long time, you know, and even on this Helps Grow program that I'm working on, that it's a 10-week program. And that's a hell of a commitment for a business owner when yeah. you're trying to run a business, spin the plates, juggle the balls, realize what your um, you know, what your your priorities are. So for me, I think there's got to be a break point. So yeah, absolutely. Have that get to know phone call or call, you know, and Zoom. See the colour of someone's eyes. See what happens. See what you think about how you get on with them. Think about the questions that they're asking you and how that makes you feel. You know, are there questions that are making you interrogate what you want to get out of it? Be understand what you want to get out of the coaching relationship because that's critical. Yeah. Because actually, if you're going into something and you're being a little bit nebulous about it, then you're not going to understand, you're not going to see if there's any value at the end of it. You've got to agree at the beginning, okay, well, the value of this is a personal relationship. He's going to help me extend my network. He's going to help me identify my single truth. She's going to do this for me. Whatever it is, yeah. identify that at the beginning so you've got something to work towards. So therefore, you can, you've got a measurement. You know, we, we all need to be measurable. We need to have those, you know, those smart objectives, don't we? And then importantly, have a break point in it. You know, if someone's saying to you it's 12 weeks and you've got to pay up front, really? You know, I, I, yeah. in this day and age, you know, I think that actually maybe because I understand that as business people, as coaches, you need to be able to forecast what you've got coming in and when you're having those meetings. But I would say that after four sessions, there's an actual break point, there's a check-in. Is this working for you? Yeah. And, you know, equally, the coach might go, do you know what? This isn't working for me either. Yeah. But I think a break point's really important. Yeah, that's a good tip. So thank you for that. So equally, though, what has been the biggest challenge with you in running your business? Consistency, I think. And I'm sure this will come as no surprise to you. Me, myself and I, you know, I think that's the the, the sticking point, the starting point and the acceleration point in any business. And um being consistent every single day when you're running your own business is hard. It's really hard. You know, I've got two kids, they're 19, they're 15. I've been through starting my business when I was pregnant. I've been through a marriage. I've been through a divorce. I'm second husband's now in training, not going down that route ever again. You know, I've got a daughter at university with some, you know, she's struggling with the mental health. I've got a, you know, a son who's committed to being the next um, David Beckham, you know, so you've got all that juggle, you know, and therefore then to actually be able to put on your business owner hat, it's hard to do it every single day and have that level of commitment, especially if you're a small business. You know, I think if you're a bigger business, then you have other people. Usually you have a wing woman or a wingman or somebody you can go, hang on a second, Cyril, can you just take this on for me? Yeah. No one like that. So the biggest challenge has been me, you know, and actually how I press play every day. And which is one of the reasons why I wrote one of the online courses, because I knew that's what, you know, actually pressing play on my day every day. The business mindset has to start with me and I have to practice it. Yeah. So you talked a a little bit earlier about how you got out and networked to advertise or market your business. Is that still the same? So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because obviously, as you say, there is a word that we don't say, but we do use it on the the podcast. So uh, I know before lockdown, for example, there was loads of face-to-face networking. 
now we're coming out. Now we've all been jabbed. Well, most of we've all been jabbed and stuff. There is a very 50-50 divide about whether people want to come back in the room. So are you still, I'm going to ask you a few questions in one. So are you still networking? Is that your main way of advertising or marketing your business? Do you prefer face-to-face or online networking? Or what would your plans be around that? Gosh, okay. So my networking, luckily, I guess after 20 years in the business, a lot of the people in my network are friends now. So for example, next weekend, I am going to a cottage in Bakewell with six amazing talented business women of which I battle imposter syndrome every time I see them who have become friends over the past 20 years and we will sit there we will chew the cud we will drink wine we will celebrate and we will also you know I'll we'll talk about business you know and at some point you know I'll go what do you think you should do about this and they'll advise me and you know so that to me has become networking you know that I've got friends who are you know business champions networking from a point of view of actually is it the 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 main marketing message of my business it has been yeah you know for the past 20 years my umbrella company is called mash communications i don't even have a website you know when it comes to business consultancy and when it comes to that strategic business advice that's all been word of mouth and it's been amplified word of mouth you know i'm luckily again trained in social media and content so that you know I've been on LinkedIn I've been on Twitter for an awful long time um that you know I've met through being on Twitter I've met some great friends you know who right. have then become advocates and ad, you know not adversaries uh, friends you know and, and that uh, for the business so yes that said the online courses that I'm doing that's really sort of focused on on sort of micro businesses and it's not traditionally been a sector where I've done a huge amount um so I am doing paid media I am you know I've I've upped a lot of the organic content that I put up put out there and you know the 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 PR around it and that side of things so what you don't want to do is be too scattergun because if you try and do everything then actually you don't get your message anywhere and we live in a very crowded noisy world don't we um but you know actually extending your network by meeting you and you meeting me and then someone having a conversation going oh actually who you want to speak to is this means the world and I think that is still the nugget do I want to go back to -to face-to-face market uh, networking yes on a limited basis you know it's uh, I'm very protective of my time now and I've realized the power in slowing down um and you know I don't want to necessarily spend every Thursday out you know talking to people it's exhausting sometimes isn't it well I think I think there's been a lot of feedback so I've been talking to other business owners and that and I think unfortunately there's a consensus that a lot of people realized how much time which in turn is money it took to go face-to-face networking. And I think that's what's made a lot of people reluctant to go back as well. It's it's not just they're afraid because of what's happened. I think it's the cost. I think you now have to monitor your costs in a really big way, but also look at those costs that affect your business. And that can be time. Mm. Um, And energy. You know, I think that's the thing, isn't it? One of the nice things that I heard about looking at how your how you manage your time in businesses actually it's about managing your energy and if you're going out and you're doing the networking and you're doing the meetings and you're talking to someone for an hour and a half then you come back and it's like oh I'm not sure if I've got any energy to do this for the next two hours and yeah 
That's a good point. So it's, I always ask my guests this now because it's quite an interesting point because we do have a bit of a divide. There are people that really, really want to come back, but other don't. They're going to stick with their online because of the time factor and the cost. So, okay. So I'm going to be interested to hear the answer. I think I know what you're going to say on the next one, but I've been really surprised with all our guests. We asked this, this question to all of our guests and actually there's a 50-50 divide as to whether you have any goals in your business. So my next question to you is, what are your goals in your business? Are they short, medium and long term? And what are they? Oh, gosh, there's a tough question for you. So I'm presuming because of what you do, you're going to tell me you've got goals. But I've been surprised by people. Uh, in the past. I have what I guess you would call banner goals. Now, right. I, you know, they are a little bit nebulous. They're a little bit up here. My banner goals this year was to launch my online courses um was to write a book not done that <laughs> and to you know just build and, and 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 evolve actually what I prefer to do and what I tend to talk to people about is looking at outcomes and right. that's where they become more medium and more short term because especially in the crazy world we're living in I think it's really hard to have a banner goal or a long-term goal and actually then achieve it because yeah. we're having to adapt, we're having to evolve, we're having to be flexible all the time. What I will say is you've always got to have something to work towards. But actually, what is that? You know, I've done a lot of work on myself with this, but one of the things that, I, you know, I ask people and in the I do a business boot camp thing. And actually, the final thing is what does success look like to you? Because it's very rarely money. You know, I know what I need to earn. I know I need to pay the mortgage. I know I need to provide my kids. I want to provide my kids. And actually, I really, really want to go to an island in Greece and feel the sun on my face at some point next year. So that for me is like, right, okay, well, therefore, what does that look like? And therefore, it comes down to time and energy and things like that. So yes, I do have goals in my business, but actually, if I have set goals, I'd never be where I am today because my business is... Over the past 20 years, it's ebbed and flowed and evolved into so many different directions that if I'd have said, this is the only path I'm going down, yeah. I'll never be here. Ultimately, I, you know, age 48, having done it for 20 years, I want to enjoy what I do. And it's taken me an awful long time to get there, you know, and I love it. I'm enjoying it. And so the ultimate goal starts and ends with contentment. And that's what it starts and ends with. But then my, I have, I have sort of, outcome you know outcomes that I look at that make it that chunk it up so every month I will sit there on the Sunday before the month begins and I go right okay what's the things I need to do this month what the things that I want to do this month and I um there's a really nice technique that you use with envelopes if you're a bit old school like I am and when you have an idea about something you want to do with your business write a book climb a mountain um you know um do a do a TEDx talk and you or you have an idea that something and if it's not something that you need to action that day you write it down and you pop it in the envelope and then yeah. you put all the envelopes at the beginning of the next month so then when you come down to plan the next month you then open your envelopes and you see if it's still relevant because then your brain's had time to process whether it's even possible whether you're being a bit of a banana even thinking about that or whether it's something you really want to do and then you make it happen so that's how I sort of work really yeah I'm thinking and just thinking about something you've just said there. And and so, so we have obviously different lengths of business owners on the show. So how and 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 it, it's been quite important for us to understand that as well. Because obviously the podcast is aimed at people who may be thinking about starting out a business or just starting out. 
I think we're trying to come across it is really hard work when you start out on that journey. Um, for how long for you did you feel that contentment after you started your own business that you thought, okay, right, well, it's not as stressful. Obviously, like you've been through a lot from what you were going through. So how long did it take you by being in business that you felt, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do this now. And yeah, as much as obviously you still have ups and downs, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but you could think, because for us, it's taken probably four to five years, like for me. So it's not a short process. It's quite a long process. So how long was it for you? Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a really tricky question because I think that the first, I guess, the first couple of years of, of running the business, which actually was called Elements Marketing at the time, it was about juggling. You know, I was like, wondering about the kids and what the the small the small child that I had that was you know taking up a lot of my time and energy as well um and then it's morphed through so many different things which I have enjoyed every single part of the journey I've met some amazing people and I've been really lucky that I've been able to say yes to a lot of different things yeah so there's been times when it's been stressful and that stress has often been like for the love of God, where am I going to get the four grand forecast from next month or whatever it needs to be? Um, but for the main part, I've really enjoyed it. I think that the uh, I think the reason it's solidified so much for me in the last five years is because I've become super focused on who I am and therefore how I can help people. Yeah. And actually, it's taken me a hell of a long time to work that out. Oh, and I okay, think yeah. it needs to... I don't think that, you know, I've had to go through the 25 years of PR, marketing, business development to be able to deliver what I deliver today. Yeah. But actually, it's what I deliver today that I really blinking love. Oh, okay. I think that, you know, gosh, all the years I spent writing press releases and doing content campaigns and all that, I like the people part of it. And it it took me 15 years to realise that it was the people part of it. That I really loved, not yeah. the execution of the marketing shizzle. So I think I've maybe had a different segue into it than maybe you have, because I'd say that it's the last five years for me. But that said, I've had a really, you know, I've, you know, some of the stuff I've done over the past 20 years has been amazing. I've worked for charities, I've worked on European First campaigns, I've, you know, I've done some fabulous things and met some fabulous people that have allowed me to have the business that I have today yeah. um stress wise yeah every day <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't go away so I, I'm not trying to <laughs> say that that ever goes away um it, it's more about as you say the contentment yeah so, um, no thank you Sarah thank you for all your insights today um we will ask we're going to ask you one more that um you're maybe not expecting but um hopefully I'm sure you'll be able to help with our listeners so we ask every guest that comes on the show that obviously our our podcast are aimed as I said before people may be thinking about starting out or just started because it's obviously can be a lonely it could be a scary place but an it can be an amazing journey exciting journey if you take out that so knowing what you know now what would be your biggest tip to these people who are just starting this journey trust yourself and crack on I like that I like that short simple to the point I like that yeah I think you have faith if you've got if you, and I think that we work in a very different world now than we did when I started a business 20 years ago. And I think that it's more accessible 
you know, there's more opportunities. Um, but having that faith in yourself is really, really important because actually there will be barriers to your business. You know, you might it might be a funding barrier, it might be a service barrier, it might be a supply chain barrier, you know, but having that faith and just keeping going is really important. You know, I think it's what how what are the percentages? I'm really good at making up percentages, but is it only five percent of small businesses survive the first year? Yep. Something like that. Yeah. Well, actually, when you look at the the stats behind it, those survivors of that first year are the people that have just kept going. They've not stopped. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. I, I was so pleased when we got to our five years because that was another milestone yeah. in the <laughs> journey, they say. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on our episode today. I think people have learned a lot from, from you being a guest on our show. Well, I hope they do. Um, I thank certainly have. So um, thank you. So if you would like to come and meet like-minded business owners, then please come over to the small business community. We've got training, we've got networking and opportunities and for you chance to meet other business owners so you can share your issues and hopefully one of us will be able to answer that. So yes, please come over to the smallbusinesscommunity.simpolero.com and we would look forward to seeing you. And finally, once again, thank you to Sarah for being a guest on our show today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.